This morning, I want us to look at something. We're actually going to kind of have a flashback to one of the days of prayer this week. And as, as we were doing the 21 days of prayer, and as we do it every year, twice a year, as you know, in January and in August, there, there's always this time that we have to realize that there is a war going on around us. And, and there's so many times we don't see what's going on. In fact, there, there's wars going on around the world right now, and we have men and women from all the different nations, but particularly for those of us in the United States, that are in all these different locations. And, and sometimes we kind of forget it. We kind of just check it out of our brain, and we don't remember that, or we don't think about that, or it's just become so commonplace that maybe even we're jaded to it. Maybe we don't really realize how much of a war there's going on, but it doesn't stop there being a war going on. It doesn't stop the dangers. And I'm thinking about those people that are in the war zones and those that you've seen movies that are depicting it, and maybe you've got a loved one who was in the service or is currently serving over there, and we're so thankful, not just the trite saying, but we're so thankful for everyone who has served. But I just want you to think about the, the moments that they're thinking everything is okay and they can't see the enemy is lurking right over the next hill. Hidden in the sand dunes, got all the, the camouflage gear on and you can't see what there is out there. But just because you can't see it doesn't make it any less real. And the same thing is true in our spiritual life. In one of the days this past week, we looked at this, and as we're doing it, as, as I was preparing the message even for 21 days, I said, you know what, this is even bigger than just today's little short message. This is actually what we need to look at as we're going through this year. The, the challenge that I've given many, the hashtag 52-week challenge, that we give 52 weeks to God, that we give one year to God to see, hey God, what is it that you can do in my life in one year? And so this may not be the biggest rah, 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 but it's the same thing that even though we can't see what's lurking in the shadows, the thing that is hiding in the mountaintops doesn't make that scope on our chest any less real. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you'll open up to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at what the Word of God says about this. It says, for we are not fighting a flesh and blood enemy. And I just want to pause there for one second. Sometimes we think when something is going on, and we have this adversary that comes up against us, we have this a coworker who we think hates us. We have this person around us that we are just convinced is out to get us. We have a, a struggle within a husband and wife, a brother and sister, a sister and sister, and however else you want, all of the different examples it could be. We have this tendency to think that we're fighting against them, and yet, the scripture says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. So everything that I see in my mind that's coming at me and the struggles that are coming, and so many times we have darts that are coming at us all the time. And the Bible says, don't get confused. Don't get sidetracked. 
Because we're not fighting flesh and blood. Goes on. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. And, and, and I would end up highlighting this entire scripture if I, if I did this. But I want you to see this because we're going to see this a little bit further in there. But there are evil rulers. And what is this word? Authorities. Where did they get their authority from? They got it from Adam and Eve when they gave up the dominion that God created. And I went into this really, really deep in, in one of the previous messages from several years ago. Maybe I'll redo it again so it's more current in the podcast. But you can go back and listen to it. And actually, there's a video on our YouTube page. I think it's probably the first one because when we were still at North Church. But there are authorities. See, when the devil took Jesus, when he was fasting, he took him up to the high point. He goes, hey, all of this stuff, all this authority and all this dominion, I will give you. It wouldn't be tempting to Jesus if it wasn't his to give. If I say, hey, if you'll drive me to the airport, I will give you $100,000. You can look at me and say, you don't have $100,000. So it is not a temptation. It is not, it's not enticing at all. But when you know I've got that money and I say, hey, I'll do this. If, then you got trust. Am I going to do it or not? That's a whole other subject. But the, the, the evil rulers have authority of the unseen world. There is a demonic world that is out there. There are powers that are in the, the tarot cards, that are on the, the palm readers, in the, uh, the Ouija boards, and all the different things. There is a tremendous power and authority against the evil rulers. It's in the unseen. It goes on against mighty powers in this dark world. And I don't know about you, but we live in a dark world doesn't even stop there it goes on and against evil spirits in the heavenly places man i mean if, if you think about this scripture and you dig in there for like two minutes it might be difficult to go to sleep tonight when you see and you start thinking just like the guys that are in afghanistan and iraq and they're thinking that they're driving i can't see anybody but i know there's people with scopes that are right here can I tell you, the devil's got a scope that's right here and right here, and he wants nothing more than to take you out. He wants nothing more than to take me out, and he doesn't care what it takes. But we're not fighting flesh and blood. In the NIV, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So we see in the first, in the previous um, translation, we see the battle and the fight. But this one says to struggle. So even, it, no matter what, even you say, oh, I don't have that many fights. I don't get into any, I don't argue with anybody. No, 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 we have struggles. We all have things that are trying to pull us down. It's not flesh and blood. And I, and I have a story that I told, and for those of you who joined us on 21 Days of Prayer, you're going to hear this again, and, and it's, 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 there's nothing wrong with hearing it again, but when I was traveling on the road with, with the Reach Out Singers, we had a whole group of people, and, 
there's 15 or 16 of us. I don't remember exactly the number. And, and we gave, a, a, you know, we sang, and we we're all on stage, and we ministered, and we got an opportunity to pray with people, and we go to church, to church, to church. And, and we would have like two or three times in the service that we'd stop singing, and I'd have each one of the people in the group give a testimony. And it had to have three things. It had to have a personal experience, had to have a scripture, and had to be relatable to people. And that's what we did. And we taught them how to be ministers and and how to walk into it. And one of the times when we were just starting out, and we were just um, in, in the northern part of the United States, we're, we're traveling around, and I, I was giving the message that night in one of the, the little short testimony times, and I said, you know, I heard this story about a congressman who's being interviewed by a, a, a reporter, and as he sat down in front of me, as a con- congressman, a senator, he goes, you must not be deciding anything or working on anything important today. And the congressman senator was like offended. Like, how dare you? Everything I do is important. And he's like, why in the world would you say that? It's so indignant to him. Why in the world? He goes, well, today when I walked up to see you, I didn't walk through any protesters. And he said, if you, there's nobody out there protesting that clearly you're not doing anything because our country's always divided and there's only 50% that like, and no matter who you are, which side you're on, there's going to be about 50% who don't like what you're doing. So if you're doing anything that's going to ruffle any feathers, they're going to be there, you know, screaming and picketing and having all this stuff. He goes, man, I didn't walk through any of that. And I told that story and I said, you know, sometimes when we have struggles that are coming against us, when we have fights that are going on, it's not flesh and blood, it's not what you think. But that's not always a bad thing. It's not always something we should get caught up with. In fact, in James it says, count it all joy when you have struggles in your life because it gives an opportunity to perfect your faith. It gives an opportunity for God to show out. And I kind of talked about it in a short, short, wrapped it up in this, in this little thing. Well, two days later, we're in Canada, and, and I gave everyone an opportunity to share, and, and I gave this beautiful young girl, Heidi, the opportunity to share that night. And, and she took, of course, they didn't hear me talk. We're at a different church in a different city and different country even. You know, and, and so she retold that story, but she turned the words just a little bit. Now, I love Heidi, so I'm not, I'm not telling on her. I'm not shaming her. But she said these words. She retold the story I just said, and then she said, I want the devil coming after me. Well, now I understand what she's saying. She's saying, I want to be so doing what God's called me that the attacks are just a natural result of that because God's power is higher than that. And that was what I was saying. But she said, I want the devil coming after me. A couple of days later, we're at uh, my friend's church that I went to CFNI with. And when we're there, Heidi came to me and she says, you know what? She just completely changed. And she says, you know what? She goes, I've been saving myself for marriage, but I've, been just, I've just been, um, been foolish. I, I thought I was going to follow God all the days of my life, and, and I'm not. I'm going to go live on the street. I'm going to be a prostitute. I'm going to have sex with as many people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Heidi, this is not you. What in the world is going on here? And I'm like pulling my hair out. I still had some then. And I was like, what is going on? You can't do this. First of all, you're from another country. You're here on a visa and I'm in charge and we're not even in the United States. We're in another country yet. And and I'm just freaking out. I'm like, I can't hold you here. And I've got all the struggles going on in the natural. And I'm like, Heidi, what's going on? She goes, you know, I want you to have my Bible because it's the most um, 
most precious gift that I've got from all these years, but I want you to have it because I really respect you. I'm like, Heidi, I don't want your Bible. I want you to stay serving God. And it was a struggle. And we went to our host homes that night and I called everybody to pray the next day because she was leaving. I said, we're going to pray. We're going to intercede. And we're going to pray that God will break whatever is going on here. Now, I hadn't recognized what had happened that Heidi had opened a door. So the next morning, we're there, and we're praying for a couple of hours. And, and man, I'm going after it hard. I'm praying, praying, praying. We're all praying, and, and we're holding hands. We're breaking hands. We're walking around, coming back, holding hands again. I mean, we're just going. And Heidi wasn't there because she's getting ready to go out on her own and just like, oh, my gosh. It became lunchtime, and because we're at my friend's church, we had already set that we were going to go have lunch together, and her family came with, and we're, we're all just having a good time. So it came time we broke. I let the group all go, and I went with my friend Tara. And, and, and as we're going, I, I, I'm having lunchtime, and it was kind of an extended lunch and just catching up because we hadn't seen each other in a while, and, and just, you know, this thing, and then we're coming back, and as we're coming back, I kind of forgot about the struggle that we're having. I kind of forgot about Heidi wanting to run off and, and just give herself over to the devil. And as we came up, the drive, I'll never forget it. I can still visualize it right now. As we're pulling up, it's kind of a long, winding driveway into the church. Heidi was running towards the car, and I'm like, oh. And the weight of all of that struggle and all that stress just came back upon me. Have you ever had that thing that you're struggling with and, and you're just wanting to try and avoid it and you get away and you can kind of forget about it for a minute, but as you turn around and you're just going back to reality, all of a sudden you see that problem running at you and you're like, oh, I'm overwhelmed again. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with Heidi? But as she got closer, I saw that she was jumping, and she was, like, skipping, and, and all seven. I'm like, what in the world? And she couldn't even wait till we get out of the car. She goes, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. And I don't know what happened, but I'm free. I love God. I want my Bible back. And, and, and she stayed with us. And I started praying. I said, God, what in the world was that? And that's where I believe he showed me that she had opened a door. But many people today are opening up doors that they don't even know that they're opening up. This past week, I was talking with a friend, and, and I have plenty of places of, of intentionality and people that were sowing seeds. And, you know, I encourage you to be the same, that you should be sowing seeds and, and people, and should, we should be having different levels of our harvest going on. So people that we're still putting the initial seeds in, people we put seeds in and we keep watering it. And, People that we're cultivating, we're trying to take the weeds out and, and try and help them. And then, and then the ones that we get the full harvest, I mean, we see the, the glory of God revealed in their lives. This particular person is somewhere in that thing. And, and I was just having a conversation. She says, you know, you're not going to want to talk to me anymore. I said, why in the world is that? She goes, well, I know you pray for me all the time. Because when we have prayer time, I, I've got this list of, of people I hesitate to even say this because if, if, if you're on my list and I haven't texted you, you're going to say, why in the world? And I'm not getting them. I'm not special, so I don't want to do that. But you know, she goes, I know you text me frequently that you're praying for me. She goes, and I, I really like that, but you're probably not going to want to do that anymore. She goes, I decide I want to tap into my inner witch. And I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? And obviously, I'm not going to tell you who it is or mention her name. But I just began to pour out my heart. I'm like, you can't do that. She goes, well, I like the tarot cards. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. She was like, I like getting my palm read. And I'm like, ah. I'm like, don't go down this path. I said, it's real. There's real power in this. There are real authorities in the dark worlds. 
It's not something to play with. The next day we had intercessory prayer and, and this was the message that we had. And, and I said, hey, I want us to go after God and, and we want to break down and tear down those strongholds. And can I tell you, last night I saw her and I said, hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you and it's your tough luck that I'm your friend and, and I'm thinking because you're in my garden and I'm working on that. Maybe this is one of those things I'm taking some weeds out over here. But I said, you know, it's your tough luck that I'm praying for you. And she goes, you know, I decided I don't want to be a witch anymore. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. She goes, but I got my palm red today. And I'm like, okay, baby steps. We're going to get there. You know, but just keep praying and interceding for those things that we had in the 21 days. Man, I saw an immediate result of something I prayed for and something that didn't look like it was going to change anytime soon. But I believe because we went after it and we were breaking those bondages, those bondages and pulling down the strongholds that her life was changed. But it doesn't have to be so dramatic. It can be the simple thing of a child turning back to God. It can be a simple thing of of a child getting back on, on path with their studies or a husband and a wife getting back on the path to love each other. Brothers and sisters that are broken, maybe haven't talked in years. I hear stories all the time of Someone hasn't talked to their father in 20, 30 years. It it can be simple restorations of simple relationships. But can I just keep us in the theme that it's not the flesh and blood struggles that you see. Continue on in your Bible. In 1 Timothy 4, it says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us that in the last time, some will turn away from the true faith. Look at this. And they will follow deceptive spirits. Now, the, the illustrations I gave you of Heidi and then this person that I talked to this week, they were following deceptive spirits. They, were, they, they had things that were coming, and it, they were painting a picture that wasn't like that. We see this in the Bible, that the Holy Spirit lets us know that this is something that happens. In 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11, for your notes, it says, so that the devil would not have any advantage over you, don't be ignorant of his schemes. That's why we're talking about this morning. So we're not going to be ignorant of the devil's scheme. But in in 2 Corinthians, I'm going to just hit some scriptures right here, and and, and we're going to wrap it up shortly. But I want you to see, in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says, the God of this age... The God that everyone is serving. Notice it's a little G God. The God that everyone is running after, getting rich, getting fame, getting all of these things. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Man, if, if you could see what was really there, but go, oh my gosh, I don't want that. It's kind of like if, if we really read the ingredients on everything we put in our bodies, we'd go, mm, maybe I don't want to eat this, or maybe I don't want to drink this. But we don't. We're blinded by what it's like. We just take it all in. We see that's the same thing that happens in our lives. The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. So as I talk to you about the gardens that I have, and I'm encouraging you to have gardens too, that you're, you're sowing seeds and planting and watering and, and going through, that you've got to realize that that's what's going on. They've been blinded. And they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. Even with people that have this image of Christ. And they use his name as a cuss word. And they're sitting there and they want to say something like, wow. And they say, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, 
He's bigger than that euphemism you're using. Or they'll go, oh my God. They don't understand. They can't see the light. That they don't see the power that is in that name. But there is power. Jesus sent out the disciples. And then he added the 72 on top of that as, he, as he's expanding, as he's kind of, he knows his time is nearing and he's, he's just getting his ministry going, gearing it all up. And in Luke chapter 10, he'd sent them out to go and minister to people. And imagine Jesus is one person with the 12 and, and they're going and, and all these people, thousands of people are coming. And he's like, all right, now I'm commissioning you guys to go out because it isn't just about coming to me. It's about going out. And again, that, that plays into we're sowing seeds and we're having gardens. And in Luke 10, verse 17, it says, the, 17 re- the 72 sorry, returned with joy. And they came back all excited. And can I tell you, when you plant into other people's lives and you sow those seeds and you keep watering it and just loving on them, and then you see some weeds, you're like, hey, I want to avoid that. And, and, you see, and you start seeing the fruit come back. You're going to come back and go, oh my gosh, you can't believe what happened to my friend I've been praying for. Maybe for three 21 days of prayer. For three or four years, man, I've been praying for this person for the 10 years. I saw God do something amazing in their life. They came back with joy, and this is what they said. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They're so excited because the, the world that's unseen, as they're going out and they're just like, okay, I saw Jesus do this, so I'm going to do this too. Okay, come out in Jesus' name. And like, oh my gosh, the, de- the demons obeyed us in, in, because of your name. But here, Jesus shows us, and, and as I'm talking all about the unseen world, and as I'm talking about the demonic this morning, I want you to see where Jesus rates this. Verse 18, he replied, Jesus, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Don't get so amped up about how this unseen world is. I saw him go, and he was gone. Here, verse 19. We talked about the authority that the unseen world has, but now get this one. This is the heavy scripture right here. Jesus is speaking. I have given past tense, not it's coming. It's not one day. It's right now. It was 2,000 years ago. I have given you authority. So while the devil and the unseen world and all the rulers and that, that scripture was like, it kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And all the authority and all the power and all the darkness that is there. Jesus says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Jesus has given you, he's given me, not just the pastor, he's given every single one of us who tap into his kingdom and understand and grab the understanding of the scripture, he has given you the authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. So it doesn't matter what that power is. It doesn't matter how big that devil is. And there are some big devils. He says, I've given you power when you tap into my name. He's like, hey, it's not that my name is this secret, get out of jail, magical card that's a silver bullet or whatever you want to say. It is not that my name is just something you casually say out there and all, okay, that was the magical word. It worked. 
goes, no, I've given you authority under my authority, which is directly connected to Father God to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. And the next verse says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus is still saying, hey, we keep it all in perspective. Yes, it's a fact. Yes, I'm giving you this authority, and yes, it's going to work, and yes, you don't have to worry about anything. Nothing's going to hurt you, and you have authority over anything the devil throws at you. But don't let that be what you're rejoicing about. Don't get so excited about demons and all of this stuff that you forget it all. He goes, rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Can I bring this back to what we're talking about? If that's where your rejoicing needs to be, then what's our goal supposed to be? Getting more people's name written in heaven. The rejoicing that we see even in the scripture that Jesus said it three different ways about the, the, the son who was prodigal and walked away and the woman who lost the coin and the, the good shepherd lost the 99. Every one of those things, he says, all of heaven rejoices when one comes into heaven. Here we see that Jesus says, what you should be rejoicing about is names being written in heaven. James chapter 2 says, verse 19, you believe that there's one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. See, you need to believe that there's one God, and that's a good thing. But just because you believe that, so do they. And they shudder. They freak out over the name of Jesus, and they they understand that. In Mark chapter 1, we see a story. I'm going to go through this really quick. The, the disciples and Jesus went to Capernaum, it says in t- verse 21. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach. And the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had, what is that word? Authority. And not as the teachers of the law. So here they see a, a difference in Jesus that the words that are coming out of his mouth are filled with authority and not just knowledge. Can I tell you, that's what we need today. That's what we need to be imparting today. Verse 23. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out. So Jesus is just up there talking. He's teaching. He's letting the power of God come through him. And all of a sudden, this demonic spirit inside this person cries out and starts talking to Jesus. And if you've never seen this, this is real. I've seen this. My wife has seen this. We've seen this in ministry. And then the demonic is very real. And he says this to Jesus, verse 24. What do you want to do with this Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? And look at this. I know who you are. The demonic world knows exactly who Jesus is. Jesus goes on. He says, be quiet and come out. Then the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. And the people were all amazed, and they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. 
See, Jesus was giving new, fresh manna from heaven, talking about all of the laws and all the scriptures are all rolled into this. Love your God and love your neighbors yourself. They're like, wow, we've never thought of it that way. We never had all this stuff. And then they're seeing, wow, and there's authority with it too. So it's not just this mind that's going into this new intellectual thing that, oh, yes, I understand that. I will take that under consideration. No, he had the authority behind it. And even when the demonic rose up, he took care of it because everything is subject to him. In Matthew 8, verse 31, it says, the, de- the devils, the demons begged Jesus when he, he was coming through and they, they saw there was this man. I don't want to go in. The stories are crazy. I just want you to see they're here. You can go back and dig into it yourself. But this guy had uh, all these demons, and no one knew what to do with him. And they, they tried to keep him outside, and Jesus came, and he laid on him. He goes, who is in you? And, and they said, we're a legion. We're thousands of demons. And so, verse 31, they begged Jesus, if you cast us out. So it's within his authority, his per- permission of what is happening to them. They said, can you just send us into that herd of pigs? They recognized Jesus' authority. When my wife, before we got married, she was working at, at Steak and Ale. Unfortunately, we can't find one anywhere. We'd love to go visit there again. She's working there as a waitress, and, and there's this girl who was a witch that was working there. And she was talking to me on the phone, and, and, and I'll still remember it like it was yesterday. And she says, this girl dresses in all black, and she lets everybody know that she's a witch, and her boyfriend is a warlock, and they have an altar to Satan in their living room. And she's kind of freaked out about it. I said, honey, you don't need to worry about any of that stuff because God's power and authority. And I kind of talked her through some of this on the phone. I said, but don't, don't go out of your way to, to be around her. I mean, kind of just avoid her. But, you know, she's probably going to try and touch you because that's what a lot of the demonic, they, and they want to touch your hair for whatever reason. So she talked to me a couple of days later. She goes, oh my gosh. She goes, she's always like chasing after me. It's kind of like the matrix. She's got to kind of do this kind of thing to keep away from her, you know. And she's like, she is always trying to touch me. I said, well, we'll just keep covering her and praying for her and, you know, just stay away from it. And then I, I drove down to Florida and, and I'm, I'm there to pick up Lenore. And I forgot all about this. I mean, weeks had passed. And, and as, as I'm sitting there, and this is me, just me personally, I like to pray in the Holy Spirit whenever I'm just bored. If I'm just sitting there like I'm I'm walking through Home Depot, I walk through Walmart. It's almost like we talked about last week, that communion that you just spend the time with God. It's it's almost like every time I get into a big box store that I feel like he's like there with his hand out. Okay, you ready? Let's go. Let's go do this. And and I just start praying in in the Spirit. And as as I'm sitting there in the the little front lobby and the hostess is here and and the door is here and there's this little bench that I can can set. Can't you just visualize it, Lenore, how it was? And I was just sitting there and I, I like cover my mouth like this so it's not obvious that I'm praying. I'm not doing it to show out. It's just my personal devotion. And I'm just praying in the Spirit. Not thinking about anything, just waiting on my girlfriend to get up for it. Hopefully bring me a steak. And, and all of a sudden I saw someone walk through the, the bar. It was in a separate room, but there's a little window there. And as she and a guy came out, they were hugging the wall like this, literally with their hands extended like this, and they couldn't hug that wall any faster, and then they ran out the door. And I'm like, 
that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a restaurant. I mean, that's just craziness. And so I just keep on praying. And I was like, huh, just kept on going. And Lenore came out and she says, hey, did you see the girl? And I'm like, yeah, is that the one that's a witch? And she goes, yeah, she and her boyfriend were here. She goes, but they left through the bar. And it's like, huh. See, I wasn't aware of them. But they were very aware of the God that's inside of me. I'm no one. I'm not anything that I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. I'm saying that even the biggest demonic spirits are subject to the name and the authority of Jesus. And and can I just tell you this? And and just, uh, I'm not even anywhere close to being finished with my notes. Don't be scared of the demonic. Don't be scared of if something happens and, and this craziness. And, and one of the things that's not in my notes, that I, when I first came up, up against it, we were just new at Christ of the Nations and just left on, on tour. My, my really, really good friend Joe and I were, were in Big Springs, Texas. And, and we're eating at this church and they had pizza. And we always remember what we ate by the church. I mean, the church by what we ate and all this stuff. And we, it was a Sunday night and we were back in the, the rec room and we're eating. So we came through, we we're going to tear down the next day. We heard all the screaming and yelling coming from the sanctuary. And as we, as we went by, and this is Joe, he'll just do this. And just kind of, hmm. So we went in there and, and as we're going by, we could see there's this guy and this girl in there and they're yelling and screaming going on. So we just kind of walked in there and this girl had a demonic spirit and this guy was trying to cast it out of her. And so Joe and I just walk in there and, and again, Joe is just like kind of looking at him, just kind of checking everything out, not getting involved, just doing it. And I came around and I'm this, you know, this 19-year-old little kid just with the big eyes like, oh, what's going on here? And as I, like, I'll never forget it, the chairs are there. And as I, in this row in front, I look down there and that demon inside that girl looked and made eye contact with me. And I'm like, (laughs) and I went underneath those chairs and I'm like praying and and I was like scared out of my mind. I said, God, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared for that because I've got to be prepared inside of me. But I promise you, next time I will. And to God's glory, next time I was. But can I tell you that no matter how big that devil is that comes against us, I don't have to fight him in my own strength. See, by how much I've been a Christian and how much I've done to read the Word of God and and train like someone who's training in a gym and you can build your muscles up in the different groups that you work in. And as much as you do all of that, you can rise in levels as well in authority. There still could be a devil that's bigger than you are. But when you tap into the power and authority that Jesus says He gave us, It doesn't matter where I'm at. You can be the smallest pipsqueak, but when you tap into that authority, that is where the true power is. It's not in my name. It's not in my authority. If you'll close your eyes and bow your heads. A different message this morning. Maybe something you've never heard about and maybe freaking you out a little bit right now. That's okay. This is the full gospel. This might be the vegetables that you eat on your plate 
You're like me, that's not my favorite. I'd rather skip to dessert. But it's good for us to have vegetables. There's a real devil. But greater than the devil is the real God. This morning, if you don't know that God, then you don't have the right to tap into that authority and there should be some concern in your life. But I have great news. It's a simple process. This morning, you can say this simple prayer with me and God will come into your heart and into your life and, and everything will start changing. And it doesn't matter where you're at. It's your first day with God. You still have that same power to tap in and say, I don't, I don't understand it and I don't think I'm anything, but I can tap in and the word of God says that Jesus gave authority over all of this. So anxiety that's trying to keep me from sleeping at night, I can, I can just tell you, I, I heard Pastor Kevin say, and I'll find that scripture again, I'll go replay that and, and say, no, you don't have the authority over me anymore. That's you this morning. Simply say this prayer. Say, Jesus, My life's a mess, and I need you. I ask you to save me, to come live inside me, change me, show me what and how to do it, make me more like you. I'm changing my mind and direction to your kingdom, and I put my faith in you. In your name, I pray, Jesus. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. Lord, I pray for everyone who contemplated that prayer and isn't quite there yet. They're still just checking it out. God, I I cover all of us with the blood of Jesus. Lord, as we are exposing things of the demonic, just like if I go into a room and and light shows up there and roaches start scattering everywhere because the light came in you may see things that happen that you weren't aware of before Lord I thank you that your light is stronger than any demonic but Lord we cover ourselves I cover myself I cover my wife and my children I cover our staff Lord all those people our elders Lord all the people who we call belong church their home I cover us all with the blood of Jesus Father, I thank you that as we have an understanding, as we're coming to know, that we walk in the power that you gave us and in the authority you gave us. It's in the authority of God's name, in the name that God gave Jesus. Lord, let us not use that name so casually or even as an expletive or a euphemism. Lord, we reserve it for the place of honor and power that it's to have in our life. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know we're a few minutes over. We're wrapping up now. But if you will, I know Michael's already talked to you about the connection cards. So if you'll pull your connection card out, and we will be finishing up here in just one second pull this out and if you wouldn't mind just finish filling it out you have a place here to say what your decision was today and what your prayer requests are and and at the bottom of your screen for those of you who are watching online you'll see the graphic come up with the way if you're wanting to participate in giving to the church 
And, and I, I was talking to someone this week that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start breaking down the, the stats and tell you guys what it is. I'm excited to see it myself of how much giving comes in from the people who are actually here in the building and how much of it is coming in from those who are watching online. And I know many people are saying, hey, how would I even do that? So that's why we put it up there and we're going to leave it up there for a minute. You just simply go to givetobelong.com. And it's pretty simple. You can do it anonymously or you can create a profile. Of course, we encourage you to create a profile. And within there, there's also the options of doing the connection cards and everything. It's all there. So I'm going to ask Lenore if she will help me. And actually, she already has. Sorry. If you would just help me by bringing the cards up here and we will pray over them and be dismissed. Thank you. So beautiful. You guys who are watching online are missing out. So if you'll stand to your feet with us and let's just pray. Father, I just thank you for all the connection cards that have come in. Lord, I thank you for all the prayer requests that have come in, Lord. As we close out 21 days of prayer, Lord, that we're not stopping. That, Lord, we're continuing on. And, Lord, we believe that your word continues to come to pass even after the 21 days, Lord. And we're going to see things happen from the things that we prayed in 21 days. And, Lord, I thank you for everyone who paid their tithes and offerings this week. And, Lord, those people who are going right now to do it. Those people who said, hey, I'm going to trust God for the first time. And and, and I'm just going to step out in faith. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing. Not only in our church, but Lord, in the lives of everyone who's giving. And Lord, I speak a blessing over them. Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.